From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show, including Kingdom of Nye Radio and Revolution Radio. If you want to take a listen to our archives, they are free at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little shopping at the SOR vault, because you need some of our swag. We got great books that we read tonight. Join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month and read up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by donating to Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. The SOR Paranormal Roundtable happens the final Friday of every month, where we take the night to relax and recall all of the strange and weird that has happened in the last past month. Yeah, we're going to get right into it tonight as we are joined by Spaced Out Saturday host, Little Richie Giordano, the paranormal lawyer, Michael W. Hall, Jim Mallard from the Mallard Report, and UFO historian, William Pullen. Gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the SOR Roundtable. How are you guys doing? Wonderful, Dave. Great. Always great to have you here. Guys, we're going to start off with something that isn't happening this month, but this next Thursday coming up, so next week... David Politis, who has never been on this show, I have tried for three and a half years to get him on the show, is finally coming on. And we're going to talk about his new documentary series, Missing 411 Hunters, and he just released a brand new book this week called Missing 411 Canada, because he is part of the Can-Am Missing Project, where they go around looking at all these weird, strange cases of people disappearing. doesn't matter if they're toddlers. It doesn't matter if they're 80 years old. Just strange instances. However, here's what I wanted to talk about tonight. Because I really like what David Politis does. I think the stories are intriguing. I think that they bring a real sense of eeriness, which we always look for in the paranormal. He brings a lot of unexplained from a professional standpoint, being a former police investigator. But recently, over the last couple of months, I have been reading a lot of online people who are criticizing him, saying that he is making money off the backs of tragedies of families, and they don't believe this is fair. Now, I thought about that, and I thought, you know what? There might be a little bit of truth to that. But... This is what he does. He investigates these cases. It's not that he just jumped out and started doing it. He's been a Bigfoot researcher for a long time, and he's trying to put these puzzle pieces together as a former police officer of 20 years to try and solve some of these mysteries. He's really in this catch-22. William, I want to start with you on this one, all right, our UFO historian, because is David Politis taking advantage of these people which I don't personally believe, I'm going to state that right off the bat, or are the people who are making these comments jealous because David is one of the few who is actually trying to make a living off of this and doing pretty well with his niche that he has created? Uh, I'm with you. I don't I don't think he's taking advantage of these people at all. No. Um, you need to make money to conduct research. That's a given. And... 
in my experience, generally in the UFO field, um, the individuals that get pushed back and get accusations thrown at them are the individuals with the highest integrity. I think of Kevin Randall and uh, Peter Robbins, same kind of deal. They get accusations thrown at them that they're making money, uh, taking advantage of people, uh, appearing at all the conferences, which isn't the case at all. Um, but they get pushed back because these guys have a high level of integrity, a high level of professionalism. So, um, uh, David, I would put in the same category. Um, he's doing good work and, uh, solvable good work and work that makes one an individual question what's going on, what's really happening over there. Uh, he's not sensationalizing the work at all. He's simply stating the facts and presenting what may or may not be going on in a pretty objective manner. Um, and people are calling him out. I, I don't know of anybody in the paranormal UFO field that's making a lot of money. I can't think of a single name of somebody that's uh, really doing legitimately professional work that's making a ton of cash doing this. I can't think of one. So I'm with you, Dave. I don't think he's uh, taking advantage of anybody at all. Paranormal lawyer Michael W. Hall, from a legal standpoint, who's right in this situation? You know, um, Dave, when you when you talk about uh, someone who's just like like David Polites is just using public information and following up on those, uh, you know, for uh, for the whole idea of bringing those cases to light. Because uh, as we all know, when we listen to Dave uh, give his lectures and his uh, podcasts, uh, he has a hard time getting uh, law enforcement and uh, anybody else interested in some of these cold cases that have been on ongoing for years, sometimes even decades. So I think uh, all the power to him to bring, uh, you know, uh, the publicity a little bit to bear on this whole idea of people going missing all over the United States, um, a lot of them in, in national and state parks as well. So uh, I think we need to do more and more to publicize those facts just so we can save uh, the whole problem that uh, seems to be an ongoing situation. Well, the other thing that I looked at, Michael, is the fact that David calls out the military. He calls out the FBI and these alphabet agencies who don't normally show up at these types of missing persons cases. And yet all of a sudden, here they are out of nowhere. And he calls them up and he asks a lot of tough questions. Why is this happening? Why are you here? Why did the FBI get involved? We've seen it in so many cases. And he's not just asking questions for the family. He's doing extremely good due diligence, I believe, Michael. Oh, exactly. Um, you know, some of these cases uh, are totally unexplainable. When you're talking uh, toddlers, uh, two and three years old, uh, going uh, missing from their families in a, in a split moment, split second, they're gone for some reason, and they're found um, miles and miles away in rough terrain, sometimes in snow with no shoes on, uh, and uh, sometimes they're found dead or alive. But uh, the fact is, the mysterious situations that these things occur in uh, is more than puzzling. Uh, so you can imagine why some... Uh, federal law enforcement agencies would be interested in it, uh, although you have a feeling that they might know a lot more about what's going on than they're uh, letting on. 
are letting even the local law enforcement know. So that's a little puzzling uh, when you uh, find these cases that are so unexplicable uh, that are happening right uh, in our own backyards almost uh, all across the country. Absolutely. And Richie G, I want to get your thoughts on this because, you know, a lot of the cases happen around Arizona, Nevada, heading into California, up north. You know, there's a lot of cases of people just disappearing for no reason. Do you think, I mean, actually, let me rephrase this, Rich, because this just kind of came to me. You're somebody who has been highly critical of people taking advantage of the scenario they are covering, whether usually it's in the UFO field, you've been very harsh on people in the paranormal field as well, who try and, you know, take advantage of the situation. Somebody like David Politis, who who is doing work like this, what's your thoughts? Well, first, I want to correct you. Um, I don't go after people just for making money and taking advantage. I go after people that lie and fake and add on to the stories and make money. So I don't mind if people make money just like Politis. Um, That's just an effect of his work. All right. He's putting the information out there and seriously does it better than anybody when it comes to this topic. And the FBI getting involved. They don't want anything to do with anybody else. They want to do it their way, and they're going to do it by their book, especially when children are involved. So I think them coming in is not as a big surprise, although it is interesting, but uh, it makes sense after all the people that go missing without an explanation and show up hundreds of miles away, like Michael said. So it's very interesting. And I think there is something going on that nobody can explain. Like, how are they disappearing when they're five feet away from their loved ones? They turned around, they were there one second, next thing you know, they're gone. It's just bizarre. Um, So I could see them getting involved with this and just doing their way of investigating. Um, But I don't see anything wrong with him making money off of this because people make money off the Holocaust, 9-11. You know what I mean? So it's nothing new. It's just part of the work he's doing. And thank God, you know, you want to put that awareness out there for people. Like if you're going out into the Tonto National Forest where I live in Arizona, I think it's one of the largest, if not the largest. um, You know, you want to be aware of your surroundings more than you ever have. Bring an experienced tracker or somebody who knows their way around. Jim, I saved you for Jim. I saved you for last on this one because you have interviewed David Politis on the Mallard Report a couple of years ago. It's still one of your more popular episodes. As a person who has talked to the man before, and the way he goes about doing very critically thinking investigations into these strange cases, what's your thoughts overall? Is it jealousy from people who think he's taking advantage, or? Has he found a great niche inside the paranormal community where he's carved out and basically created his own platform to talk about these strange cases that need to be talked about publicly? He has created a great niche for himself. He does well in it, and he continues to work in it. He doesn't expand out too far. He he knows that missing, missing person cases and then... He, you know, you're saying he's got a new book about Canada coming out. When I had talked to him, he had a new book about people going missing in national parks. Now, the fun part of that interview was we're talking about the FBI getting involved. 
The National Park Service, even individual parks, don't keep records of missing people. They don't want to talk about it at all. So that's where the fine line comes in. Like, oh, they'll look for a few days, and then after that, it all just it all just goes away. So to say that he's doing a disservice by talking about these cases, he's not. Um, I think he's doing well. And there's a whole. If you're going to criticize him, you got to go uh, all these tr- true crime podcasts and everything else. So I think it's just part jealousy because he has found his niche and does incredibly well at it. I would agree with you. I think that's a hundred percent. You know, it goes to show, though, gentlemen, that there is a lot of jealousy in this field. It's really weird because everybody whines and complains, Rich. That we want people to succeed. We want people to take notice. We want people to be successful at this. So that way the mainstream, uh, and how many times have you heard this term? The mainstream people and the media wake up to what is really going on. And when you finally have somebody like this come out, provide high-quality information, critical thinking questions, critically challenged um information that he is putting to the public in books all of a sudden we don't like it there's the criticisms that come along it really is a double standard isn't it rich yeah yeah there's no doubt about it if i started making money off of uh, other people's work um i think people would be a little bit upset um but i also think it's um something that hasn't been as popular as it should it hasn't hit mainstream media like it should I, I think there were movies out, documentaries about it, but his work is bringing another side of it. You know, all the details and you know everything you need to know. Um, I think that comes with anything that's kind of new to people. They, they, I don't know. I, it is a dub. How's he? What's he supposed to do? If somebody's offering him money and he was doing it anyway. What's the big deal? Of course, you're going to take the money. Yeah, people are hypocrites. William, I want to ask you this because we kind of discussed this the last couple of weeks here with with you. Uh, what is the paranormal or UFO world's issue with people making money on this if they're at least trying to do it the right way? Um, there's always been this perception that making money is a slippery slope, that somehow a researcher's integrity is going to be sacrificed in lieu of the almighty dollar. Uh, that rarely happens. Usually it's individuals like Rich mentioned that the charlatans, the ones that add to stories, the ones that, the ones that stand on the shoulders of people that have done legitimate work and they add to the story. Um, they inject themselves to do a case when they weren't there or they didn't see anything or, or whatever the case would be. That, that tends to be the case. But um, that has resulted in a lot of researchers that have a high level of integrity being called out for no reason um, because they've done good work. Um, that seems to be the case with the UFO field. And another thing that happens in the UFO field is when, you're, when your work is objective and critically sought out, regardless of your approach, whether it's scientific, uh, from an experience standpoint, whatever your approach is, if you critically think out all these questions and you actually ask them in public uh, questions that should be asked, Sometimes you get a little kickback for that because that's not sustaining the narrative. That's not uh, your efforts to find information may actually debunk a case. And that's what a true researcher does. A researcher goes after the data. 
doesn't go after not trying to prove a case, just trying to find out what happened. Um, so that does happen, but the money issues become very, um, pretty much a negative thing in UFOs or a perceived negative. Um, in reality, I don't think it's really a big deal. I mean, you need money to conduct research and the vast majority of researchers have good integrity and don't, they're not going for the dollar they're going for the knowledge. And if they're making money doing it, more power to them. So, Michael, your thoughts. Yeah, well, you know, when it comes down to uh, the paranormal field and making money, uh, I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, there's a term that I've coined over the years uh, called the paranormal poor. It's almost a prerequisite that you're not going to be rich when you're getting into this field. Uh, even the, the high level, uh, you know, people that travel a lot and get to uh, the major conferences, my gosh, they're just they're just basically getting their expenses paid and uh, maybe a little bit of extra in their pocket. But uh, the things that they do, uh, for instance, let's just take Grant Cameron, you know, a good friend of yours, Dave. You know, I mean, this guy is spending his own money out of his pocket uh, just to get to certain locations. For instance, uh, Stanton Friedman's, uh, you know, spending time uh, at, at the archives for Stanton Friedman on, you know, weeks on the end. Uh, just paying for his own expenses to be there just so he can potentially uncover something that's important, which he is doing on a daily basis. So uh, no one is getting rich in in this field. Uh, And anybody who stays in this field for any length of time uh, should be credited with, uh, you know, uh, doing what they have been doing for so long uh, and basically kind of sacrificing uh, not only their own time, but their family's time as well. And, trying to dig up this information. So that's my feeling. Duck, you got the final word on this topic. Uh, first, I'm going to encourage all your listeners to check out David and Dave on, what did you say, next Thursday? First and yeah, foremost, fascinating. It's, gonna be, it's going to be a fascinating interview. So let's start there before, because I know we're going to be headed off here in a few minutes. So let's start there. Okay, so as for the paranormal and profit, at one point, I you know I was I'm still really hard against investigation teams going in and charging people for money, but that's not the question here. So we're just going to separate that issue real quick. But if you have a book, uh, DVD, some uh, able to speak on a topic, whatever, well that that's a value. That's a value in the real world. There's a quantifiable value. If you hand somebody a book, there's something there for them. If you do a presentation for that for whatever, if it's on UFOs or whatever. There's a rate for that. So to say that you're going to lose your integrity by doing those things, no, you're not going to lose your integrity by doing those things. Now, if you start spouting off all sorts of gibberish and garbage, then is when you lose your integrity. If you start writing books about nonsense, well, anyways, that's a whole slip. That's where the slippery slope comes in, where you, like, like I say, and David has found such a niche and stayed in it and done so well in it is everybody's problem because it's easy to have that one book that does well to good, right? It's harder to have the back, the second book that does good to great. It's kind of like songwriting or any or bands that you follow, right? They have that one big superstar hit and then what? So just to keep it in perspective, it's all about how the integrity shows while they're getting paid, while they're writing their books or whatever they may be. 
We only got about three minutes before we go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Paranormal Roundtable continues with Rich Giordano, Michael W. Hall, Jim Mallard, and William Poland. Gentlemen, I'm going to throw something out here because we only got a couple of minutes left. And uh, whoever wants to jump in on this, please do. In regards to the missing 411 series and the way that David Politis is covering these, do you think he's covering all bases, or do you think that he should be a little bit more forefront with some conclusions? Because there is a great debate about that as well. You know, I'll, I'll jump in there on that one, because uh, I've talked with uh, David uh, many times at his uh, conferences. The last one I was at, by the way, that he was there was uh, the McMinnville Conference in McMinnville, Oregon, at the UFO Fest, and he did a wonderful job, uh, like he always does. But, uh, you know, the whole idea of him trying to come up with uh, solid uh, conclusions of how these people are are disappearing, whether it's UFOs, Sasquatches, uh, you know, terrorists or whatever, um, those are hard to come up with when you uh, when you want to make a leap because he's a scientist. He's a, he's an investigator, and he just wants to uh you know, get the facts out there. Uh, coming up with the answers or the conclusions is something we all have to kind of keep in the back of our own mind when we listen to the facts that he's telling us. Would anybody like to respond to that? I, I, well, I'm going to go the I'm going to go with the answer that came to my mind. If if he had a conclusion, right? That for what? Okay, something is happening to these people. If it is being taken by a Bigfoot creature or whatever, the only way to come and stand there on that stage and say, this is the answer is to have the proof of this being the answer. Because with hundreds of missing people to stand up there and say, Oh yeah, they've all been taken by Bigfoot without a single lick of anything evidential wise. Well, there we go. That's what I was just talking about, how you flush your integrity right down the toilet. Very interesting. Very interesting in regards to this, guys, because I'm I'm thrilled about it. William or Rich, I'll give you about, we got about 30 seconds here. Would either one of you to, like to jump in on that? I, I, have no, I have no issue with his approach. I really don't. I mean, he's pretty grounded, pretty objective, and he goes, he, he's in search of facts. I like that. So I have no issue whatsoever with, uh, with David's approach. Neither do I. Neither do I. Gentlemen, I'm going to get you to hold on here because we're going to go to break at the bottom of the hour here on Spaced Out Radio. Once again, our paranormal panel for the roundtable. We have Spaced Out Saturdays, Rich Giordano, the paranormal lawyer, Michael W. Hall, Jim Mallard from the Mallard Report, and Spaced Out Radio. I'm sure I'm allowed to say that now. And we got Michael W. Hall, the paranormal lawyer, William Pullen, myself. We're all hanging out. We're going to get into the TTSA next. Are they a UFO group or not? We'll be back on the Mighty SOR. Hey, space travelers. This is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you'd know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. 
To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate. From the heartlands of Canada to beards around the world, we know how to take care of you. Fill your follicles with the Mighty Moose Beard Oil. All our oils and balms are handmade and 100% natural ingredients because we care about your beard. And hey, use the promo code SOR2019 and get your Mighty Moose Beard Oil today. You can check us out on our website, MightyMooseBeard.com. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. Finish off your weekend and kick off your new week with me, Everett Themer, right here on Spaced Out Sundays. I'm going to bring you great guests, a little bit of snark, and plenty of information to think about. But don't worry, there's going to be plenty of woo as well. We are going to hit everything in the paranormal and supernatural, including the odd psychic Sundays. So tune us in on Sunday, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. Are you having encounters with the paranormal, supernatural, or ufological that you cannot explain? Look no further than the SOR Sightlines Report, brought to you by the Experiencers Support Association. This is Ryan Stacy, head of the Research Association, TESSA. Soon on the Spaced Out Radio website, you'll be able to file your reports and have them researched for you. We are independent and ready to help Spaced Out Radio listeners today. Move over, brother! And let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? 
because we want answers and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. Hey everybody, the SOR Space Travelers is open. For just five bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great form for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com. You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today. Looking for something new to push your limits? Look Beyond the Spectrum, a new docu-series featuring some of the best researchers in the world when it comes to everything from UFOs, government cover-ups, and Bigfoot in the forest. Truth seekers like Steve Bassett, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Richard Dolan, as well as others all chip in to bring their knowledge to you. Beyond the Spectrum can be found on Amazon as well as Tubi TV. Tell us what you think on our Amazon page. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Welcome back to the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, I want to remind all of you that you could listen to our archives for free at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com where you can read up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. It's updated daily. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little shopping at the SOR Vault. We got some great shirts and hoodies in there for you. A lot of swag, actually. Jimmy put all that together. Good job, Jim. Great job. We read the night. You can pick yourself up a brand new paranormal book. And of course, don't forget to join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. The Paranormal Roundtable happens the final Friday of every month. I brought in some friends tonight. Guys I like. Well, most of them. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not so much William because, you know, he ripped us off for months and months, not showing his beautiful flowing hair that's halfway down his back. I'm still upset. You don't grow the beard one. out now, too. 
Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. That, see, we can accept that. We can accept that. All right, gentlemen, we're going to get right into it. I should actually introduce you. William Pullen, UFO historian, Rich Giordano from Spaced Out Saturdays, and Goof on Radio on YouTube. The Mallard Reports, Jim Mallard, hi, Duck, and the paranormal lawyer, Michael W. Hall. All right, we're going to get into this because earlier this month, Tom DeLong from the To The Stars Academy really, really made a strange comment on Instagram, and it went over to his Twitter account and Facebook as well, that basically said that the To The Stars Academy is not and has never been a UFO research group. They are about the sciences, they are about the technology, and they are about getting into space, and an entertainment company, by the way, but never been about UFOs. This left anybody who knows anything or has been following this story for the last couple of years in the UFO field, scratching their heads, yelling from the top highest mountains, WTF. Rich, I, I'm going to start with you on this one because I could feel the nostrils starting to flare on you. You know, you think you would, but I thought a lot about that comment and uh, I don't, I don't think it's as bad as us ufologists or researchers think it is because they're not. They never admitted they're, they're going to research UFOs. Never said that. And they're not going into history and researching old stuff or any new stuff. They're just about their stuff, the government stuff, the three videos, the medals, and whatever else they have. So they're not researching. They're not going out in the field like MUFON or GUFON. They're not doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Um, all they're doing, and everybody thought they were going to do that, is just worrying about what the government has. This is That's why they have everybody in there you know, that worked in UFOs for the government one way or the other, helped the government. So I don't think you, the ufologists out there should be that upset with that comment anymore. If you really think about it, he never did lie. I think he told the truth right there. They never were UFO research group. Of, of course, we got the impression that that's what they were going to do, but that's that's because of what he did when he went on Joe Rogan's show. I think it was all about UFOs and, you know, mainly what they were going to do with, you know, entertaining us, you know, with music and shows and whatnot. So I think, uh, you know, it, it's a comment, and there, you can take them any way you want without any emotion into it. So that's the problem with the texts and postings and stuff like that. I'm not sure I agree with you, Rich. I realize you don't what have you to. said. In the, yeah. in the opening press conference that had zero press invited, which still baffles me, they said they were going after UFOs. They were going after the research. They wanted to be the ones at the forefront of disclosure. Now, I'm paraphrasing here, so if you're a young gun listening to this, taking notes, all right, it's paraphrasing, okay? It's not verbatim. It's paraphrasing. Foya boy, I'm looking at you right now on Twitter. Anyways, nonetheless, but, but, nonetheless. Yeah, I understand yeah, go, that. Go ahead, I understand. Rich. No, no, I understand that that's what they were saying, but it was still new even to them. They didn't even have the narrative figured out. It was obvious they were stumbling about not knowing what to do with Tom DeLonge, who to bring in Lou Elizondo later. You know, it, it was still up in the air. It's like they rushed to get it out to the public. And that was all about 
to the Stars Academy, not about UFO research. So I, I break the tra- they, can, yeah, can I break course. the transmission here for a minute? What if we were just talking about paranormal profiting in the last segment? What if they sat down a bunch of them and said, "Who can we make money from to fund the entertainment, the publishing, the whatever else?" And they looked and they said, "Oh, these UFO people, you know, have some money, and they like to throw it around and you know try to." lobby the government and do this and do that and do the other. So if we present ourselves kind of in that vein, but we have all these other things we really want, that's really what he wants to do. Just saying, I don't want to say it was a bait and switch because obviously I don't think it is, but it's awfully close to that. Maybe a little smoke and mirror, maybe yeah, deception, maybe something else. I don't have an exact word for it, they, but I, they I, pulled I on think our as we... I think as we get further down the road, this kind of felt like, oh, no, no, that wasn't that wasn't really us. We were just uh, we, you know, I still with Joe Rogan. There must have been some um, contact buzz. That was all just a mistake. Um, you know, as you get further and further away, like kind of leaving the ex girlfriend. Now she was crazy all along. I knew it. I was just having some fun, <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah. Well, maybe it started out it was going to be that way, and maybe the feedback they were getting wasn't favorable of them just talking about UFOs. Maybe they had to get into the other stuff later on or right away after the first year. I don't know. You know, We'd have to be in their shoes to understand why, but I understand, even though I don't like the way it was presented and the way it turned out, because now that the medals have gone to the Army or going there and whatever's happening with that, I'm not going to believe anything that comes out of it from here on out. Not that I was, but now I really won't. Rich, I may have to put you in the penalty box for two minutes for un- unnecessary conduct or something like that, because I expected you to get fired right up from this. Flaring nostrils, you know, a little bit of Megadeth playing it. in the background. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, when Duck is more fired up about this than you, little Richie G, okay, I expected heavy metal guitars to start absolutely slamming on the strings, everything. Broken glasses. Oh. See, oh. I had, if you would have talked to me the day it happened or the first few days, yeah, that's how I was. But, you know, you get time to think about stuff and you're like, well, maybe, you know, because it's a text or a post on Twitter, there's no emotion in that post. It's just him factually or just blatantly saying, we're not a UFO research group. And they never were. If you if you watch them, sure, they may have said they're going to go into UFOs and be the forefront of disclosure. We're, we're going to do it. Okay, that was the, uh, the illusion they were giving, of course. And I was upset at that. But they never did research into it. Ever. So, all right. Look, it's all about the three videos. That's all they got, and the medals. Will, William Pullen. I believe Rich. Yeah, they. What? They may not have what labeled the themselves going on directly, directly a UFO group, but their conduct strongly suggests that they weren't a UFO group. They weren't researching UFOs, whether in the field or behind a desk. They didn't seem to be what they were doing. Um, like Rich said, they're all about the videos. And that's true. Their, their conduct was not one. Their conduct was not what one would expect from a UFO research group. Um, and so it, it wasn't a stress. And when he said that, 
it's kind of a matter of fact statement. He was just stating the truth. Uh, unfortunately, the vast majority of the UFO community is not dispassionate. They're overly passionate. They they see a Twitter feed or they see a text or they see a message on Facebook and they lose it. They 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 just become emotional and react to it and it takes days for individuals to calm down and say, okay, what was really said? What wasn't said? What what words did he use? What does this really mean? And so it seemed like uh, a lot of my friends in the community were very emotional about what happened, whether they were pro TTSA or not. But then as time went on, they realized that DeLong really didn't say anything that was groundbreaking. He was just kind of stating the facts. Um, yeah. So... All right, I want to get out of this Mandela effect that is going on right now. All right, all right, you guys are you guys are troubling me, very much troubling me right now. Michael W. Hall, talk some sense into these people. Well, I'll I'll support you, Dave, on this uh, kind of a switch of the the game right now. Thank you, thank uh, you. Keep things up a little bit because I'll tell you what, uh, this whole uh, you know. A tip program that Lu, uh, Luis Elizondo came from was to do what? Study UFOs. $22 million, uh, you know, over uh, five years from 2007 to 2015 and, uh, or uh, 2012. And these guys, uh, literally, Luis Elizondo says that he resigned because the government was not taking UFOs and the study of UFOs very seriously. Uh, then, of course, you know, uh, the whole story of Tom DeLong uh, hooking up with uh, high-ranking, um, you know, government uh, subcontractors uh, and the military and getting them involved uh, because he was uh, totally into UFOs, you know, before he got hooked up with the uh, To The Stars Academy. And uh, in reality, he uh, has written and had written at that point lots of books, you know, The Secret Machine. Uh, the whole idea that UFOs existed. So, you know, what what's really happening as far as I can see on this is that, uh, you know, these guys now are involved on the inside track at the Pentagon. They're, we, they're dealing with uh, the CIA, uh, you know, retired uh, folks. They're dealing with the government deep state. And, of course, as you go along in a process like this, uh, you're getting lots of pressure. Uh, we, we know that the Pentagon itself has white hats and gray hats and black hats. They're always fighting amongst themselves over this issue uh, for decades. So, you know, I'm assuming that as they go along, they kind of revise uh, their their narrative uh, just to make sure yes. that they're in the mainstream of what's going on and who's funding what for them, because uh, obviously they just got hooked up now with uh, the military you know, with their uh, metal uh, analysis programs and all those kinds of things. And so they're they're drinking from the main mainstream uh, hose here as far as uh, the money goes. So they got to like, you know, kind of every once in a while change their tune, I'm sure. And that's probably what's going on now. My God, it's finally nice to get a straight answer around here. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget Tom DeLong will say anything to create a buzz. I mean, he's, he said some other things that weren't truthful. So when that comment came out, I also wanted to see what's going to happen now. What are people going to say? So, you know, it was like a knee-jerk reaction I think we all had at, at first. But, 
Yeah, just like when he said, oh, wait until episode six, you're going to see a UFO attack. Anyway, that's the long. Oh. Relax. You know, you know what, we, William and, and Rich, we're going to stop the show right here for a second because were you guys brawling in separate locations at, at, at Black Friday events? Because you guys sound worn out, <laughs> tired. You know, I, I'm just wild brawl. <laughs> you know, speaking of Black Friday, here quickly, I got to tell you, I waited one year. One year in the middle of nowhere, and every three minutes, I was refreshing Twitter today and Facebook, looking for some of the best fights and and eye gouges that I could find, kicking in the stomach. Nothing. Nothing. America, I am disappointed in you today. Disappointed. With all the stuff that goes on in social media, all right, Black Friday is gold to me. And you didn't even get a bronze medal. You did Everybody. not even get a bronze medal. <laughs> Everybody not, knows everybody man. has a camera now. That's why. Well, I mean, I did see one good video of an adult woman ripping a toy out of a young child's hands. The child was about four or five years old. <laughs> I did enjoy that, you know, yeah. because that started a brouhaha between the mother and, and this lady. I was okay with that. That's the stuff I needed. I needed my fix today. And I didn't get it. So I'm a little cranky, guys. I'm a little cranky. I'm going to disagree with, with, with what you guys are saying. I think since the beginning, this this team of the two, the Stars Academy, as brilliant as many of the members are, had pushed themselves and portrayed themselves as the people who were going to be the front of disclosure. I think as they become more tied to the military now, their face and their game face is changing. Some may say it's for the good. Others will say, hey, this isn't what we were supporting. And we've seen a lot of that. I agree with, what, with I believe it was you, Michael, that said, you know, this is, this is a group that is changing on the fly. Whatever's popular, wherever the, 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 the popularity and the brass tax is going to take them. But yes, I do believe that, that uh, they have been a UFO group from the beginning. That was already announced. Not saying you can't change. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. But I do believe that, that they disappointed a lot of people. I really do. We're going to move on here to another topic here, gentlemen. And we only got about five and a half, six minutes until we go to break at the top of the hour. So we'll probably end up carrying this one over. This is going to be talking about, and this didn't happen this month with you guys or the show. This actually happened with my ghost tour. All right. And and I'm curious your guys' opinions on this. And even in the audience, if you are are um, hanging on out, listening in, type in your responses, especially if you're in one of the chat rooms or Twitter as well. All right. So at our museum, all right, we do the paranormal tour, and sometimes things can get a little hairy. And sometimes what happens is, uh, if you're familiar with the paranormal, when you change things up around a museum, sometimes the spirits allegedly do not like that. And usually when they do their spring cleanup or something, that usually means either myself or Mike Morin when he's up or Mark, a.k.a. Bazooka Joe, we're going to get attacked. You know, it, it can get a little unsafe. doesn't feel good. So on the Museum Society, 
There's a gentleman there. I'm not going to mention his name because you wouldn't know it anyways. Okay, He doesn't believe in all this paranormal hokum that is going on at the museum. And he's trying to be the big shot around there, even though he's one of the directors. He decides that it is going to be a fantastic idea to rip apart one of the, the Clydesdale horse stalls that we have and put a jail cell in there. I'll tell you, if I didn't see it with my own eyes, there were six of us there, didn't see it with my own eyes, all of our meters and all of our gear were going crazy when we asked, are you happy in the barn that this jail cell is here? And, and everything signaled to no. They weren't happy. And it just felt like there was real negative energy in there. Do you guys believe that something like a jail cell, and Duck, I'll start with you on this one, in the middle of a pretty positive place, can create such negativity instantaneously. Well, I, I think the negativity starts by the person wanting to do that, let alone actually bringing the physical item in. I think we've all been in the room where there was a great conversation going on, and then somebody walks in, and you might as well throw in a wet blanket on the whole peop- all the group, the group of people talking. Like, it just drops off. So reality check right so if that's what happens when the people are living that's what i i believe happens when you're talking about the spirit realm so of course it's very easy to taint the atmosphere of a positive conversation a positive place with any sort of negative energy let alone some item some metal i mean we all you know when we see a jail cell none of us well 99.9 percent of us don't have a positive thought about it no so, yeah, it's going to create this energy and a bad vibe, for sure. And, and you know what, guys? And, Rich, I'll get your comment next on this. But he, here's the other thing. The fact that we're that museum's biggest moneymaker. All right? And I was talking to one of the directors, Robert, about this tonight because we went for the Christmas dinner. And I said, Robert, what the hell were you guys thinking? I said, what you guys don't realize was when you tinker in these buildings, you guys don't pay the price. I said, we do as tour guides, and the people who are on our tour may pay the price by getting infested or or taken over or, or attacked in some way because we're the ones searching for the paranormal. And a pissed-off spirit, knowing that we're looking for it, will come get us. I say, you guys don't even think about that, and we're your biggest money makers throughout the year. I said, do you want us here or not? Right? Just tell us. Because I'm not putting my safety on the line or, or the people who are taking these tours, their safety's on the line for this happening. Rich, your thoughts? Well, what would he know? Do they know that doing that would have uh, made them upset? Or is, is he yes. an experienced researcher? Robert has been around this community for 50 years. He knows oh. there's strange things that go on at the museum. So what if his intentions were to purposely do that and be like, oh, I didn't know, you know, oh, I just, you know, what do I know? I wanted a different thing in there. I think he knew. I'm telling you, I mean, to do something that drastic and he knows what would happen. Yeah, that that's pretty uh, that's that's deliberate, I think. 
It, well, apparently the guy who is the non-believer who thinks that we're just, uh, who, who brags very much that he spent 36 years as a firefighter and doesn't believe in any of this crap, apparently he's the guy who's been doing it all and he's the hero of, of creating this and he's very proud of it. And I basically said to them, I said, when are you tearing it out? Yeah. Right? I uh, said, because yeah. if this doesn't come out, we're going to have a problem and probably not going to do the tour. Well, why don't you, I mean, don't you want more activity? I know you're you're thinking, well, they're upset. I don't think they get upset. I think that's just what people think. I don't think they get more upset. Like people always say, okay, we were redoing our house, and the, the people that were doing the remodeling, they kept seeing this and that, and their tools stopped working. Well, you know what? They're there more than anybody's been in all this time, so they're just around it more. Don't you think that that's what it is? I don't. I don't believe in this disturbing the spirits, making them upset narrative. It isn't so I much. Just don't it isn't, it. It, it, I don't think it is as much of that. Here, here's the problem: is we only got about twenty seconds before we go to break. It was in one of the stalls that we were just starting to get activity in from a horse, a horse okay. ghost. Okay. Yes, well, that is yeah, woo factor. Okay, big time woo factor. All right, which really upset me, and because it was just turning into a hospital, like it's in the stall right beside where we just got a photo this year of a ghost horse. If you oh, want to well, check that, that out while we go to break, you can go to 108 Mile Ghost Tours on Facebook. Look in the photos there. It'll be right there. Gentlemen, we're going to continue this talk because William and Michael, I want your opinions on this as well. Coming up after the break here on Spaced Out Radio, heading into Hour 2. the wild is in vancouver the moose vancouver is one of the hottest bars and restaurants in the city open until 2 a.m nightly the moose will rock you like a hurricane all night long great food with everything on the menu at 695 near the corner of nelson and granville get your horns up and come rock with us the moose vancouver the official rocking bar of spaced out radio A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everett Thiele. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturdays starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. Hey, this is Canadian Paranormal Investigator Mike Moore. The third Wednesday of every month, I'll be teaming up with Dave Scott to bring you Ghosts of the Great White North. Each month, we will bring on guests from across Canada to discuss their ghostly encounters. 
Canada is a paranormal hotbed with stories you've never heard, so we're going to bring them to you. To get comfy in your Chesterfield, grab a donut and join us, eh? This is Amber Beckrude, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we store all of the SOR show archives for free. And, as an added bonus, every two weeks, I'm posting brand new content on Cryptid Tales, where I will get into some of the spookier legends and folklore from around the world, and tell the stories that go with them. Find us at youtube.com forward slash spacedoutradio, and check out Cryptid Tales today. Drop a comment and let me know what you want to hear. See you there! At SpacedOutRadio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SOR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at SpacedOutRadio.com. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com. Come hang out with Spaced Out Radio, where we own the night. This is Carl. You can follow Dave on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, and during the show, use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio to chat with us live. On Instagram, at Dave Scott SOR. On Facebook, give our page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. SOR archives are free on YouTube, at Spaced Out Radio. Come join us, or I will come join you. See you at your window. For the price of one cup of coffee a month, you can become an SOR Space Traveler. The Space Travelers Club is a place where you can interact with other listeners, either live during the show or on our great forum. We want your stories, pictures, comments, and ideas. You'll get live video streams, exclusive content, and be a part of our newsletter. Stay in touch with everything SOR. The Space Travelers Club is just 5 bucks a month at spacedoutradio.com. We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache, so why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today. Are you having encounters with the paranormal, supernatural, or ufological that you cannot explain? Look no further than the SOR Sightlines Report, brought to you by the Experiencer Support Association. This is Ryan Stacy, head of the research association, TESSA. Soon on the Spaced Out Radio website, you'll be able to file your reports and have them researched for you. We are independent and ready to help Spaced Out Radio listeners today.
Hi there, this is Geraldina Roscoe from San Francisco's Bay Area Meditation. I invite you to join me the first Tuesday of every month with Dave Scott for Spaced Out Radio's The Spiritual You. In this fast-paced world we live in, it's time for you to take some time for you. We'll cover every possible subject from powerful meditation to healing techniques to your own intuition and spirituality. So come join us for The Spiritual You. Get your horns up with me on Spaced Out Radio. This is Ron Bumblefoot Thaw. Come tune in to SOR where you can hear me rock out with Little Brother is Watching, the official theme song of Spaced Out Radio. And then come on over to Bumblefoot.com where you can find out about my tour schedule, my music, and everything else. Bumblefoot.com keeps you up to date on what I'm doing and the best way to stay in touch with my music and music camps. Sign up for my newsletter at Bumblefoot.com and remember, Little Brother is Watching. The SOR Vault is open for business, and do we have some cool swag for you to pick up. All you have to do is head over to our website and click on the SOR Vault. You have a variety of cool logos to choose from, and put them on anything you want. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee mugs, you name it, we can get it to you. So do your shopping by supporting the store you love. Get your Spaced Out Radio swag at the SOR Vault today. Hey, Spaced Out Radio fans! It's John Rezig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. Our goal is to make the life of veterans, first responders, and those with rare medical conditions 10% happier. We do this by donating one grant item, ranging from dance to therapy programs to prosthetic limbs, to those who need it most. To contribute to Spaced Out Radio's official charity, head over to chivecharities.org and become a donor today. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour two of Spaced Out Radio is underway tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Appreciate every one of you being with us, especially if you're in our chat rooms or on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning us in, especially if you're listening in on KDNF AM 1560 in Dangerfield, Texas, UPRN 107.7 FM in New Orleans, KDUN AM 1030 in Reedsport, Oregon, KZFX 93.7 FM in Ridgecrest, California, and WQEE 99.1 FM in Newton, Georgia. On the digital side, hi to everyone listening in on Kingdom of Nye Radio and Revolution Radio. Remember, all of our archives are free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Tara Collis. Tara Collis is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. we got a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bubblefoot, do a little shopping at the SOR Vault, grab a book from We Read the Night. You could join the Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month, and of course, you could always read up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. It's updated daily. The final Friday of the month, we do the SOR Paranormal Roundtable around here. Going over the month that was, we are joined tonight by Jim Mallard from the Mallard Report, Rich Giordano from Spaced Out Saturdays at Goof on Radio, the Paranormal Lawyer, Michael W. Hall, and UFO historian William Pullen from Reality Paranormal as well. Gentlemen, right before the break, we were talking about a strange situation at my museum. 
where I do my tour, where one of the guys on the directors doesn't believe in any of this haunted BS. So he decides that he's going to rip apart one of the jail cells where we've been getting a lot of action. Or, pardon me, one of the horse stalls to put in a jail cell. Who does this? Who brings in that type of negativity? The barn went weird. It's gone totally weird. And I love that barn. I love that barn. There's always activity happening. William, I want to get your input on this. Good idea, bad idea. Do you care? Should we care? Is it a safety issue? What do you think? Um, it's interesting. I mean, if we make the assumption, and I think it's a safe assumption that ghosts and apparitions are non-physical uh, forms of humanity. They've moved on to another blame. Um, humans, a lot of individuals don't like change, especially when change is um, outside their own control. So if you have apparitions in that area, a hot spot or whatever, whatever it's called, um, and changes are made, perhaps the apparitions weren't happy with it. They reacted to it. There was some negative reaction uh, caused by the change. Um, but we don't know. We just don't know that. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things we just can't definitively prove that that's what's happening. It, um, I can believe that though. They, they may have been caused by the, the, the changes causes some negative energy, some negative reaction to what was going on there previous to the change. Um, I, I guess here we go. I guess for that, I'll put my base pants on from a scientific standpoint. I mean, when you have an environment and you make changes to it, the results of those changes will be readily apparent as time goes on. So since these changes were made in the, in the barn, compared to the, what was going on before the changes is distinctly different to what's going on now, which means the changes had some effect. Regardless of what that effect is, it had an effect on what's going on now. So, um, but I, I don't know if we really know that, but I, I, my gut tells me that I think they, I think the negative energy may have had a, an effect on it. Uh, the that's all changes. topical. That That's on top of the, the ground. So what? You move a few walls and a little bit of a foundation. You didn't move the earth. I don't understand. And I also don't, uh, don't understand why it has to be negative. I mean, when you die, do you really care? What happens to the you know the walls that used to be around? I don't get it. Why why do we always have to say they're upset, Dave? Why 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 are we always going to that? That started well, years ago with psychics. Oh, he's upset that you made changes. No, you're just around there remodeling more than other people are during the day. So you're seeing stuff that nobody else would see. I think. Well, here, here's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to debate you on this a little bit, okay? Is the fact that the residual, if you believe in the whole residual energy factor, a jail cell would have a lot of negative energy brought with it, if you believe in that, okay? Because what does it stand for? It takes away your freedom. It takes away your rights. People who are in there have obviously done something wrong. Maybe it could be something minor, like an outstanding warrant for traffic tickets, or it could be something major, like murder. All right? It, it, it could be. We don't know. All right? That's if you buy the whole residual energy argument. The idea, though, that this barn, this Clydesdale barn, which is 100 years old, 
has caused issues in the past when things have been changed or moved. I know it's happened because I've been attacked there. It's not fun. I don't recall on the first one getting from the barn back to the house, which is about, I'm going to say, 150, 160 yards. I don't recall the walk back there to the house when I collapsed. Mike Morin, Derek White Skycloud, Mark, they were all witnesses to it when I collapsed on the ground because I had been attacked by the spirit that was angry. All right? And the same thing happened to Mark. How do you know it was angry? What gives you the impression it was angry? Did it yell at you? You know what I mean? Well, uh, I, I do know because after I was attacked, we went into the barn after everybody had left. We went back into the barn and we did about an hour and a half worth of an investigation where we were communicating with the spirit. Okay. And, and we were able to get out of that conversation that he was upset that we were in his territory. Number one, which was the catwalk. And number two, that we had photographed him twice. All right. He didn't like that is the fact that his picture had been taken twice and he was upset. Didn't like us around. All right. Uh, one time we couldn't even go upstairs because the entire upstairs smelled, you know, I mean, you hear the story, the nightmare stories of, you know, when a, when a spirit gets extremely angry or even demonic, you get that sulfur type smell. One time we couldn't even go upstairs, take people upstairs. It just, it was unsafe. So we made him an offering. Every time we go into the barn, we don't take photos of his area. We don't allow people up in his catwalk. And every time we go in there, he gets a shot of whiskey and a cigarette. And he's calm until a few weeks later, after I got attacked, some morons decided to break the rules, go up on the on the on the uh, catwalk and start freaking people out. Next group that came in was Mark's group. This guy reacted saying, "Hey, you broke the rules and attacked Mark." He's attacked Mike Morin a couple of times. Ross Allison, David Weatherly have had dealings with him when they were up here. All right, Th- this guy's pretty angry. So the whole point that I'm getting at is this could be an issue. Could be an issue. I Michael didn't. W. Hall. Sorry, sorry, Rich. Yeah. I'll get your reaction in a second. Michael W. Hall, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, I'm I I always look at the uh, history of uh, the indigenous peoples as well when you're talking about. Um, their concern, you know, they were much more connected to the land, connected to uh, the spirits uh, and our ancestor and their ancestors. And they're always saying you don't want to disturb um, the resting places of their um, of their loved ones that have passed on. They seem to have a major, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, response to that if they um if, for instance, there, there's there's a, a theory about the uh, the afterlife as well, and there's also a theory with the Native Americans that uh, uh, Sasquatch as well has um, you know territories that you just don't go into. Also, so there's a lot more connection with their environment, I believe, than we uh, modern people have when we take over an area and we build it up and. 
Um, I have a feeling if if Grant Cameron is correct that everything is connected, uh, that uh, you know when we go into a space that has been previously um, occupied and maybe still is occupied by the energy of um, not only humans that have passed, but like you're mentioning, this horse, you know, in the barn, uh, those kinds of things. Um, I think it might make a major ripple in the uh, the effect of, of the uh, area that needs to be respected anyway, uh, just to make sure, like, like you have done with that one spirit, respected his is uh, space and seems to uh, work out when you're able to do that. So I, I have a feeling that that kind of thing comes right down to your intention and uh, how you're going to interact with uh, the total environment that we can only see a portion of with our, 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 our five, six senses. All right, Rich, you wanted to make a comment. Well, I, I I did. I just forgot what it was at this point. Well, I mean, you. I guess what I was going to say now, I remember that. Yeah, when I was asking you, how do you know, you know, it's upset? Well, you guys actually sat down and did research and asked it and spent, what, over an hour, you said, trying to get the yeah, yeah, connection? We were, we were there about an hour and a half. Hour I mean, and that, a half. We, had, we, we had two psychic people there, five investigators, six investigators. Oh, wow. So, you know, you're all on the same page. So that that's awesome. So that's something that's rarely done nowadays, it seems, you know. You actually did research. Yeah, well, good. We, we try. We try yeah. and do as much as, as we possibly can, correct? Jim, your thoughts? I, I'm sitting here thinking, I sorry, was typing away over here, and I don't want to be all over the place, so I, I'm muted. Um, I think as you develop and you go through this i I, i'm going to answer richie's question the reason you feel they're angry is because you feel their anger you wouldn't knock somebody down if you were happy well i see this kid cartoon where the guy runs up and knocks the kid over because he was so excited to give him and gave him a hug kind of deal but that doesn't normally generally happen when adults run into each other they don't hug that aggressively anymore so you just know and i'm sitting here thinking we're kind of talking in the Space Travelers Club about being stuck at home. Like, if you know, people believe that spirits can go anywhere in the world. And I, I'm tentative of that school. But if I'm sitting here, talk, I'm talking to the Space Travelers, and I'm thinking, but what if you're stuck at home or at the, uh, the site or wherever it may be? If you have a 100-yard box that you're stuck in, a cube, right? You can only go so high. You can only go so low. And that's your 100 yards. That's where you are stuck for however long you're stuck. And somebody comes in and starts making changes in your box, in your bubble, whatever you want to phrase it as, of course you're going to be angry because you've been there for 100 years. And now this guy just comes in and starts doing whatever in the world he wants to your space. I'm not to uh, adapt to change in my space without having a conversation about it. Yeah, First. but don't you think you're there a hundred years? You should have the knowledge to understand that changes will happen eventually. Instead of getting upset, just accept the new surroundings, move into the couch, and be happy with it. I, I, I don't think it works that way. Rich. I don't think I don't think you'd be accepting if somebody came in and flipped flipped your living space around. I, even I really though wouldn't I, care. I'm dead. Why? Why do I? I can do whatever I want. I, but but if, what I think what I heard you say is you're stuck in a hundred. Uh, 100, just for example, 100 yards, yeah. 
what made you come up with that idea that you're stuck well, in that space? I'm just thinking if if you if you're stuck in a in a space if oh, you can't okay. go anywhere if that you know if that's the case if you're stuck in that space confined to that space if it's within the building or within a certain area of where the building was I mean I tend to believe they have free will and can go anywhere so this this conversation shouldn't be but there's that other side that says well obviously they're staying there for some reason mm-hmm. whatever that reason may be so if they're stuck in that area there's something something to it. Let's ask him why. Why are you staying here? Nobody ever asks that question. Why no, are you staying here? Why don't you go somewhere else? I never hear anybody ask that. Because we want the entertainment value, right? We want to, we want to keep researching, and we don't want them to leave. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be horrible. Hey, Rich, I don't want why are you here tonight? Leave. Rich, why are you here tonight? I don't want them to leave. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm here for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for the tea. That's all. Yeah. I'm just here for the tea. But, no, nonetheless, this is going to be a big debate coming up here. Um, I will say this. I talked to a few members of the of the Society Council tonight about it, and I said, you guys really have to make a decision here. I said, because I'm not putting my cruise team on the line for you guys to be silly like this. And because somebody doesn't want to believe, I said, remember, I'm your biggest moneymaker here. And I said, I will hold that. I said, if you if you want to make these changes and, and not give a care about the safety of the people on the tour or your tour guides who are taking these paranormal tours, I said, we don't need to do it. Find someone else. And good luck. That's what I said. But that'll all come to a head on in January when I go to when we go to that meeting. It'll be fun. I want to move on here because that story yeah. kind of pisses me off. It really <laughs> upsets me. All right, gentlemen. Hellier 2 was launched at 12 o'clock midnight last night on the East Coast and then on the West Coast. This is where Greg Dana Newkirk, Connor Randall, Carl Pfeiffer, John Tenney has a little bit of involvement in this about a story about these goblins that are running around caves in Kentucky in Hellier, Kentucky. Season one last year, they did five episodes, which you can watch for free on Amazon Prime, or you can wait a month, wait till they come out on YouTube and watch them for free there. All right. About this story about these goblins and how the town says there's a lot of weird things happening. Nobody really wants to talk about it. But season two came out. The one thing I want to talk about this, because I was a big, big fan of season one. And I got a little geeked out, I'm not going to lie, I got a little geeked out knowing (laughs) that um, I knew the players. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had met Greg and Dana Newkirk before. I didn't know Connor, I didn't know Carl at the time, but we've since become, you know, at least online friends. And I knew John Tenney, who had a vocal cameo in the fourth and fifth episodes. And I trust John Tenney. I trust Greg and Dana for good work. But one thing I love about this Hellier series, guys, is the fact that they are taking us to where we've never gone in paranormal research before. 
we have no fake sounds we have none of the night vision that that turns everything green we have we have no music playing in the background and oh did you hear that did you hear that well no i couldn't hear a damn thing because your studio editing guy turned the music up too loud all right it's not like what we are seeing on television with ghost adventures or ghost hunters or any of those shows is this the new way, William, that we should be looking at the paranormal? Is something a little bit more realistic? Yes, it's edited because, I mean, you can't show 300 hours worth of film. you got to break it down. All right? Yeah. But is this the way we should be going in telling real stories rather than going to the same hauntings to prove or disprove, like every other television show, whether or not a building is haunted? Yes, I think we should go this route. I mean, it's uh, it's more about the research. And yes, you can't have a 12-hour uh, research uh, excursion in a one-hour show. you got to edit it. But without the music, without the uh, glorification, with all, all the other production values that go around with these other shows, you just have the research there and have nothing else distracting you from what's going on, the actual research what they're finding, what they're not finding, what they're proving, what they're not proving, what data they can collect. I think that's a positive thing um, because a lot of the other paranormal shows, whether they're UFO related or not, um, have a high production value, which kind of takes away from the actual research, kind of takes away from the serious attempt to find out what's going on. And um, for me, that's a big deal because anomalous events are being reported, whether they're UFOs, uh, ghost apparitions, cryptids, whatever the case may be. Anomalous things are being reported and should be taken very seriously because these things are affecting people, individuals that have been abducted or have had a uh, first-hand encounter with a cryptid or seen a UFO or what have you. Those are, um, those are life-changing events. And when individuals are researching these things, uh, it should be taken seriously because these are, these are personal experiences they're going through. And... People want to people want to know the answers. They want to know what's going on or not going on. And so, this um, this more of a cut and dry, less produced kind of show, kind of program. It's more of a program than a show. In, in my mind, a show is more of a glorification of what may or may not have gone on, like Project Blue Book on History Channel is more of a show. But what, do, what they're doing here is more of a program. It's more of a serious. Uh, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this word, kind of a journalistic look, a cut and dry, black and white look at what's going on at the research. So I think it's a good thing. I think it is, too. And I like the fact that it feels like it's in real time. Whereas when you watch the other paranormal shows, guys, it doesn't feel like it's in real time, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they're, they're really... Uh getting down to the reality shows of these reality shows, <laughs> if I can put it that way. I mean, uh, we've all heard of the new rumors now on the uh, second season of Un Unidentified. Uh, even Project Blue Book, uh, from what I gather, uh, is now going to, I think the next or the very first episode of the next season is going to deal with Area 51. Um, so I, I have a feeling that... Um, there has been a green light given to these production companies now to get more serious and less production value 
uh, and uh, probably get more uh, return for their buck as well if they don't have to put so much money into the production value in getting the truth out there. Um, I really think that this whole disclosure stuff uh, regarding the paranormal um, is coming to a head very quickly for some reason. And I think that uh, we're going to see some astonishing um, revelations made uh, in the new year. I I just see it coming down the road, you know, with uh, all of these new uh, shows coming out uh, and... uh, the fact that uh, they're getting into Michael, all the- I'm going to get you to hold on right there. we got to go to break. Paranormal Roundtable with the crew continues right after this, talking Hell Year 2. We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today. Looking for something new to push your limits? Look Beyond the Spectrum, a new docu-series featuring some of the best researchers in the world when it comes to everything from UFOs, government cover-ups, and Bigfoot in the forest. Truth seekers like Steve Bassett, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Richard Dolan, as well as others all chip in to bring their knowledge to you. Beyond the Spectrum can be found on Amazon as well as Tubi TV. Tell us what you think on our Amazon page. Hey everybody, the SOR Space Travelers is open. For just 5 bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great forum for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com. Hey, space travelers, this is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate. 
Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. From the heartlands of Canada to beards around the world, we know how to take care of you. Fill your follicles with the Mighty Moose Beard Oil. All our oils and balms are handmade and 100% natural ingredients because we care about your beard. And hey, use the promo code SOR2019 and get your Mighty Moose Beard Oil today. You can check us out on our website, MightyMooseBeard.com. Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. Finish off your weekend and kick off your new week with me, Everett Themer, right here on Spaced Out Sundays. I'm going to bring you great guests, a little bit of snark, and plenty of information to think about. But don't worry, there's going to be plenty of woo as well. We are going to hit everything in the paranormal and supernatural, including the odd psychic Sundays. So tune us in on Sunday, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. Great to have all of you with us. Reminder to all of you, hi, Jack. 
Tune into us a little bit more, Jack. You know Jack who I'm talking about here. Watching on Michael's profile. Hey, Jack, how you doing? Hope you have a good mustache. Anyways, moving on here. Don't forget, you can check out all of our archives for free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we got a plethora of features for you. You can rock out to Bumblefoot, do a little shopping at the SOR vault. Yeah, lots of stuff. Do a little shopping. That we read the night as well, because you could use a good book and join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. Don't forget about Captain Shirk's SMR Newswire as well. Michael W. Hall, the paranormal lawyer, William Pullen, the UFO historian, Jim Mallard from the Mallard Report and from Goof on Radio and Spaced Out Saturdays, Rich Giordano. They're all here for the SOR Paranormal Roundtable which happens the final Friday of every month. Hey, Rich, i got to start something off with you here before we continue. Okay. Do you know that because of you, and this is your fault, all right, completely your fault, every time I use a word like out and about on the air, I wonder, oh, my gosh, is my Canadian accent coming through because Giordano's going to ride me over this accent. If I got it. So you have me paranoid about my Canadian accent because you'll make fun. What? Of me. Ah, no, it's it's beautiful. I, I don't I don't ever get I have rarely heard anybody say a boot until you other than when I'm watching hockey. But uh, yeah, I, when I type Dave and the word about comes up, I type it a boot <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he can understand. And I don't miss every time. Yeah, apparently I, I'm going. I'm going to understand a little bit better if he uses a boot instead of a bout. <laughs> you understand that I understand how you sound, so that's why I do it. I, it's all love. It's no no hate. Oh, I know. I know it's all love. I know it's all love. But I'm watching you. I am watching. I know, you. and I'm you listening. An, <laughs> you anti-Canadianite. That's all I'll say. No, I love Canadian. That's not true. I am not an anti-Canadianite. You're an anti-Canadianite. All right. Right before the break, <laughs> we were talking about Hell Year 2. And, Jim, you haven't seen the episode yet, but you've heard all the... I know you're very strong on social media. You know the players involved. You've interviewed some of them about different topics and everything like that. What's your thoughts on the way that this this show is taking off in the paranormal? Well, I'm just going to go based off the relationship I have with, uh, well, I've had Greg on, and, I, and you know John Tenney. I've known him for years, so I'm just going to go based off that. Um, it's time for something a little different. I mean, I, I, I've seen some uh, clips and snippets of it, and my, my impression from those is that it's different. It's not necessarily there to entertain you which is what we all get swept up in the problem with the TV shows because they're there to sell advertising and you know continue the business of the TV station, not necessarily be informative research of, uh, research of that's a good new word, um, products. They're there to make money for the network so they can continue to, to thrive. So anytime you can get into the releasing somewhere and then getting it to YouTube, kind of cuts that middleman right out. So you don't necessarily have to be as driven to focus on the entertainment. You can focus a little bit more on the content and still, here we are again, make money to sustain your production costs because obviously 
they felt they were doing well enough to make a second season. So more power to them. I hope it goes, does well. And eh, one of these days I might take a break and actually watch some television, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I know that feeling. It's a rare commodity for me. I'm looking forward to it. William, your thoughts? Um, I'll start watching more of the episodes on YouTube. Uh, I rarely watch much TV at all. I even stuff like Blue Book. I, I re I, I watch that far after the fact. And for me, it's always disturbing because it's not historically accurate. But this program is about more certainly about the research. It's much more grounded. So uh, the few episodes I've seen, I've really liked uh, the way the way the the way the research efforts have been presented. I like that a lot because there's nothing distracting from it. Nothing like music and all these other production values that are taking people away from their focus of well, where their focus should be, I think, is on the actual research, what they're finding out. So um, I'll keep track of the show more on YouTube as, as time goes on. For sure. Highly recommend it to everybody. I cannot stress that enough. And if you're a fan of John Teddy, if you're a fan of, of Greg and Dana Newkirk, go check them out. Go support this. It is one hell of a good job that they do. All right, guys, we're going to move on here because, William, you had on your show, and we talked about it on Reality Paranormal a little bit, and we're going to probably have this topic a few more times. The difference between scientific proof and experiential proof. All right, I don't know if experiential is a word, but it sounded really good coming off the tongue there. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good word. Yeah, but... You bring up a very good point because you and Nicole, your your co-host for your online bulletins that you do. I I, I apologize if I'm butchering what you do. All right, not to worry because I, you know, even though you never showed me your hair the last couple, I'm a little upset about that. <laughs> Every time William's live on Facebook, I always type in capital letters show us show your fans your hair, and he never does, never does. Anyways. Uh, moving on, the whole idea behind what is proof continues to be a major argument between those who want scientific proof and those who have had proof through, through their own experiences. It's a very, very large and broken bridge between the two sides. William, you fall on the scientific side. People like me fall on the experiencer side. Let's get into this. What exactly is proof, and can that bridge ever be built? Uh, I'll start with the second part of the question. I think it can. the bridge can be crossed. I mean, you and I come from different sides of the approach to the UFO issue. You're an experiencer. I'm more of a scientific guy. Uh, but we both appreciate that both sides need to be approached and, and valued equally. Um, since none of us have any answers to the UFO enigma, we can't afford to cast aside any approach. Uh, we can't afford to cast aside any, any data that's been shown to be valid. So um, whether it's taking testimony and, uh, and experience testimony from people who have seen the UFO or having the opportunity to gather physical evidence of, say, a UFO landing or radiation traces or whatever, um, we can't afford to not collect all that data, regardless of its source. Uh, if it's proven legitimate. Um, now, what is proof? That, that's kind of a two-pronged question because as a UFO investigator, the first thing you have to do is you have to confirm that an event actually happened. 
And once you do, once you were able to confirm uh, through um, the collection of evidence and data that's actually valid and has held up under scrutiny, once you've once you've established an event actually transpired, then the second part is to attempt to find out what the cause of the event was. That's the hard part. It's very hard to definitively prove what caused an event. It's um, the best we can do usually is to whittle it down to three or four possibilities, but getting beyond that is very difficult. So, um, and what is evidence? Um, that depends on who you ask. I mean, people are so polarized in their point of view. They either want physical evidence, scientific evidence, or they want testimony from experiencers. And they don't want the other side. They, 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 want, they want their own point of view established and confirmed, and they'll only accept evidence from that point of view. That doesn't work. We need to look at all points of view, all approaches, and all potential evidence whether it's scientific or experience or sourced. Um, I'm hoping against hope that at some point the bridge will be crossed and we'll get to a point where we take testimony and evidence from all sides uh, and in an attempt to find some answers. But actually it, I get the feeling that's a long way down the road, though, a long way to go. Jim, what's your thoughts? It's it, it's an interesting question. How do you prove something to somebody who doesn't believe? I think we've all faced that issue at one point or another. It becomes okay. So you you show them physical evidence. You show them a picture. Show them a video. Those are quickly discounted because anything can be edited or photoshopped anymore. Uh, you could tell them a story, and then they can assume that you're. Whatever. I won't say any of the possible outcomes of that. We'll stop short of saying liar and go. you can expand from there. So how do we bridge that gap between those two pieces, the experiencer side and the evidence side, and point it back at the the, the questioner? I don't know. I, I mean, because w what, when do we get to a point where somebody can actually produce something that it is, you know, will... We'll, past the the stuff test for photoshop or audio editing or video editing i don't I, I mean there's so many variables in this course of getting ready to go to trial i always i know i know michael hallsworth is looking for the the facts to present and win a case and while there's a lot of stuff there it just kind of gets run through rather quickly by somebody who just doesn't want to believe and then okay but we, if we get there and we have X, Y, and Z lined up one way or the other. If, if it, th this phenomenon does exist or doesn't exist, are we, are we still going to convince anybody? I mean, we might change a few minds, but I don't know if we'll ever convince everybody one way or the other. Mm, well said. Yeah. Does it even matter, Jim, in your opinion? Is it oh, it doesn't matter conviction? to me. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I believe what I believe, and everybody else can... Believe what they want. I almost said something really bad. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time that has happened. Michael W. Hall, your thoughts? Okay, well, I've just been salivating waiting to add, jump in on this conversation because they, they don't call me the paranormal lawyer for nothing, uh, which I can thank you for, Dave, for, for that You're moniker. Welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah, so Rich and Jim and Bill, you're going to love this case. Uh, Dave already knows about this, but there is a case that brings in both personal 
uh, subjective testimony and scientific evidence uh, about ghosts that is fascinating that I would like to relate uh, in this topic here. There's a case called uh, Stambovsky. That's S-T-A-M-B-O-V-S-K-Y. Stambovsky versus Ackley out of the uh, New York Supreme Court uh, District Court uh, of Appeal where uh, the te- I'll just get to the bottom line. The testimony of a ghost in during trial related by a mother of a woman who was murdered led to the investigation being, you know, which was stalled. It was a cold case being reopened and finding scientific evidence that corresponded with the testimony of this ghost of the daughter who died coming to talk with her mother about how she was killed. It's a very famous case. Uh, it's like from uh, July 18th, 1991. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, 1991. It's, uh, it's uh, not, not that old of a case. But uh, the fact is, is that a court of law ruled as a matter of law that the testimony of this ghost was admissible, for one thing. It would obviously would be hearsay, in other words, uh, where someone says, well, someone told me this uh, and it just happened to be a ghost. Uh, so it's it's technically hearsay. But the the uh, the judge allowed it in and then they followed up on the evidence that was brought to the court on this testimony. And it, it proved that this woman was killed the way she said she was killed uh, and the actual um, uh, location and all the details were uh, corresponding and, and corroborated during the investigation. So now we're talking the whole idea that subjective testimony of experiencers can be um, a road to finding uh, corroborative evidence that can be scientifically proven. And uh, yes. you've got to keep your eyes and ears open for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you want to chime in? I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, we're all, at least in the UFO field, we're all looking for a case that has multiple chains of evidence. That includes physicality, instrumentality, physical evidence, and testimony. So we can combine all those chains of evidence to to definitively prove a case and to be able to arrive at a conclusion. We rarely come across that. Rarely. I can think of three or four cases off the top of my head, and that's about it, that have high-quality first-hand testimony, physical evidence, environmental changes, uh, instrumentality, meaning like radar visual evidence, things like that. That's what we're looking for. Uh, But we can't afford to cast aside any data that's proven to be valid. We can't. Whether that's testimony or physical evidence, we're looking for that case that has all those aspects. Uh, So, I mean, it's almost the approach, and and here I'm going to talk about points of law, and I'm not qualified to, but in a court of law, I would think that you would want the more you would want as much evidence as possible to make your case open and shut to have enough evidence to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that something transpired and what the cause was and physical evidence scientifically validated and testimony should be part of that. It can't well, be either or it has to be all of it. Oh man. Well, there's all different types of evidence when you talk about the paranormal, right? You have personal Okay, that that's extremely important to me, myself, you, yourself and everybody else's personal experience. But I think evidence, you have to have a lot of stuff 
for the paranormal. You have to have a picture, maybe, but video, as I always have thought, is the best in this field, no matter what, UFOs, ghosts, etc. Was it at day or at night? Was it an experienced experiencer or somebody new at this? There's so many factors that come into it, it that would make me believe somebody. So if, if somebody had a lot of evidence and they just started out in the field and I'm like, well, how'd you come up with that? Oh, well, you know, I did this and that. How many times have you ever done that and, and duplicated it? Oh, no, I just figured, you know, well, I need to see it duplicated. Um, and I think real evidence is something that's tangible, it's something that you can manipulate, handle, hold, handle, and have the three H's. And if you can't have that and you can't hold it, you can't work on it, change it, duplicate it. I don't think that's really good evidence. But the personal experience is great. But how are you going to translate it if you don't have the right equipment? Sure, EVPs, you know, the recorders, the uh, mill meters and spirit boxes and all that stuff comes into play. Um, but it's all like by itself without having the other equipment around. That's what's tricky about this. You need a lot of evidence for the paranormal. A lot. And it has to make sense. Well, and that's, uh, I think, the key there, though, Bun, is it has to make sense. But for the experiencers out there, Rich, they don't need any more evidence. They've already got their right. disclosure. They've already got their, fa- their, their realization that ghosts exist. They've already seen Sasquatch and had a close encounter with, with a, a Sasquatch or a dogman or, or whatever it may be. They don't need it. They're just there to tell their accounts. No, they don't need it. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just pushing along with the conversation. No, no, sorry. Sorry about that. Anyways, uh, the whole point that I'm getting at is when it comes to the scientific community, and I agree with with, uh, William that there has to be more definitive types of evidence out there for people and science to take this more seriously. I totally agree with you on that. But in my opinion, and this is where I get a little testy at times, which is rare, but sometimes it does happen, is the fact that there are too many people out there who are willing to degrade the experience people are having which has been traumatic to them whether it is of a positive encounter or a negative encounter you know i even got it from from people about the photo that we got on the stairwell of our museum all right where it's an incredible photo and the amazement was some of the ideas that were coming through on what it allegedly was from a cardboard cutout to an owl to anything that wasn't supposed to be what it was, right? So the experiencer part of everything is so far off base with what the scientific community wants and therefore needs, I'm not sure that the two could ever come together. I'm not convinced. I don't see it happening, not for a long time, until the experiencer gets less emotional over it, number one. And number two, when the scientific community says, we're going to listen to you with an open ear. We're going to take the time to to actually hear you out. Instead of saying, no, it's... it's uh, it's uh, a flock of birds over, 
the White House, not a UFO, it's a flock of birds, <laughs> all right, and yeah. or or whatever it may be. It has to be compromise of the two. At least that's my thoughts. William, I'll let you debate that. Agreed. Now, there's no debate. I mean, both sides are guilty of being too polarized in their approach. Uh, experiencers don't want to listen to the scientists. Vice versa. Scientists don't want to listen to experiencers. They have to, come, they have to meet in the middle. They have to. Um, one point of view is not going to get us any closer to answers to the UFO phenomenon. That's the all points of view. All points of view. So they have to meet in the middle to bridge that gap and come to the realization that science brings some things to the table. Experiences bring some things to the table. Let's all come together and work together and get the job done. The way it is now, it's not going to happen. People are too, they're too set in their ways. Scientists are too close-minded. And, and to the issue you said, the scientists tend to, or the scientifically-minded people tend to, can tend to belittle experiencers, testimony, things of that nature. That works both ways. I get a lot of pushback from experiencers saying I'm too skeptical, you know, when I'm just looking for data. That's it. I have no bias. So it works both ways. Both sides are guilty of being far too stuck in their ways. They need to loosen up and come to the middle. No, no, there's no two ways about it. All right, Jim, your thoughts. Oh, geez. I'm thinking, I'm just sitting here thinking no matter where we go, it's going to be a debate amongst the sides. I, I mean, sadly, I, I, I think I'm just back still where I, I left off. I think we're just, too too ingrained into what we know or what we want to know or what we believe and it's hard it's just hard I don't know I, I just still feel that we're going to be stuck in this moment in this conversation for probably a while until I don't know how this comes out to a clear moment in the sun so to speak the all everything I just don't know how we get there Sadly, or we're, gladly. We're no well, closer at, than we were 10, hey, Rich, 15 years ago. Go ahead. Rich, hold on to that thought. Up, We can continue this debate right after, and I think we should. But the big thing is we got to get our heads out of our asses to make this happen. And that's step number one. More with Spaced Out Radio's SOR Paranormal Roundtable. Hour three coming up right after this. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! 
At spacedoutradio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SOR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at spacedoutradio.com. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache, so why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today. Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. The SOR Vault is open for business, and do we have some cool swag for you to pick up? All you have to do is head over to our website and click on the SOR Vault. You have a variety of cool logos to choose from, and put them on anything you want. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee mugs, you name it, we can get it to you. So do your shopping by supporting the store you love. Get your Spaced Out Radio swag at the SOR Vault today. We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. 
For the price of one cup of coffee a month, you can become an SOR Space Traveler. The Space Travelers Club is a place where you can interact with other listeners, either live during the show or on our great forum. We want your stories, pictures, comments, and ideas. You'll get live video streams, exclusive content, and be a part of our newsletter. Stay in touch with everything SOR. The Space Travelers Club is just 5 bucks a month at spacedoutradio.com. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Hey, space travelers, this is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate. A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everett Thiele. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturdays starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. A timepiece is a reflection of who you are. And what better way to show off the real you than with an Escape watch? Escape is a lifestyle brand accessorizing your days and nights. Choose to escape and create the life of discovery that you deserve. Dream. Play. Unite with your own personalized Escape watch. Head to escapewatches.com. There is no time like the present to enjoy your escape. Use promo code SMF2017 for your 20% discount today. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor we're underway in the third and final hour of spaced out radio tonight i am your host dave scott Thank you so much for being with us. We want to say hello to everyone listening in in Ridgecrest, California on KZFX 93.7 FM, WQEE 99.1 FM in Noonan, Georgia, UPRN 107.7 FM in New Orleans, down in Dangerfield, Texas, KDNF AM 1560, and KDUN AM 1030 in Reedsport, Oregon. On the digital side, hi to everyone listening in on Kingdom of Nye Radio and Revolution Radio. Don't forget, you can check out our archive 
subscribes for free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Only thing I ask in return, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Tara Collis. Tara Collis is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little shopping in the SOR vault. Grab a book from We Read the Night. You can join the Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month. And, of course, you can always read up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. It's updated daily. The Paranormal Panel is here for the SOR Roundtable, which happens the final Friday of every month, where I bring in some friends, and we go over the month that was in the weird and strange. We are joined tonight by Jim Mallard from the Mallard Report. We got the Paranormal Lawyer, Michael W. Hall, UFO Historian, William Pullen, and from Spaced Out Saturday and Goof on Radio, Rich Giordano. Gentlemen, we were talking right before the break about evidence, proof. There's a big difference between the proof of what science needs to confirm this and what many people want to see happen and experiential proof those who have had incredible experiences that they can't explain they're doing their best and they just want you to believe them two big categories michael i want to start with you on this one because we got a great question from greco in the twitterverse And he is asking, why is it the average person can convict a criminal based solely on eyewitness testimony, but the average person won't give any credibility to a paranormal eyewitness or experiencer? Yeah, exactly. We we were just uh, chewing on that during the break uh, off off air. Exactly, because I I pointed out that... uh, First of all, let's review the two standards of uh, of uh, proof that uh, that we have in the law. We've got the criminal standard of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, that's that's a lot of a lot of proof, a lot of evidence. You have to prove beyond any reasonable doubt that uh, this crime took place or the uh, facts of the case happened, as opposed to just the civil standard of proof, which is a preponderance of the evidence. So that would be like just 50, 51% as opposed to maybe 49% unbelievable evidence, but 51% believable evidence can convict and or uh, get a ruling from a court on a civil matter. Uh, so when it comes down to the paranormal, uh, for some reason, many people want to stack on a lot more uh, standards of proof on top of that normal court standard uh, for people that give a personal experience or testimony. When literally, as we've been mentioning, uh, personal testimony by one or more eyewitnesses um, will convict a person of a capital crime. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's uh, kind of a um, skeptical of anybody in the you know paranormal field to uh, demand a lot more proof from an eyewitness or a uh, an experiencer than is required in a court of law. Uh, and uh, maybe at one point we can kind of demonstrate that down the road on one of our uh, roundtable 
sessions when we uh, put something on one of the UFO cases on trial and show people, you know, how this whole process would work if it was taken to court. I think we should do that. I think it would be a little bit different. I would open up the roundtable forum to do that. I absolutely cool. would. If if you guys want to do that, we could definitely do that. And, cool. uh, hey, let's give it a try. I, I have no problem doing that. We can use the audience as the jury. They could play along. I think it would be great. Yeah, it would be, uh, you know, very interactive. Uh, we'd have uh, opening, opening statements, you know, by the uh, prosecutor and defense attorney. Uh, we'd have, uh, you know, the proof that was uh, you know, presented on both sides. We could even have cross-examination of, uh, of someone who wants to play the witness. And, of course, we've got then closing arguments, and we let, uh, we let the chat room decide on the verdict. I'm game. I'm willing to do that. So before, before, before we get too far off this topic, we need to know what the spaced out listening community wants to hear us try. Is it Roswell? Is it Area 51? Is it any number of UFO experiences, whatever? We need to figure that one out because we want to get the one that has the people so polarized that we can deliver a, in our opinion, a final judgment on. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We could definitely and do that. We, we, we should probably, uh, they or the people should, could suggest something that they know a lot about. So we would have opinions on both sides of the issue uh, that we could, uh, you know, debate as well. I also want to say it's really cold out. For those of you I'll scoring at home, it is minus 17 Celsius right wow. now. No wind Beautiful. chill. And that that equates, uh, in American language, that equates to 2 Fahrenheit right now. It's a clear <laughs> sky. It's a beautiful UFO sky, moonless night. The moon's already sunk in the west. Yeah. It is cold out. It's, it, it's, it's the type of cold where it actually starts getting into your bones now. You breathe in and your nostril hairs immediately freeze. That's how crisp it is. You know what was really cool, quickly, before we move on in topics here? Earlier today, it was a beautiful, sunshiny day, well below zero. I was actually watching ice crystals forming in the sky, glittering in the snow, or pardon me, in the sunlight. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Never get to see that very often, but it's kind of cool. All right, let's move on here, gentlemen, as we continue on with the SOR Paranormal Roundtable. And one of the topics that we got into this month was exorcisms. It was a week ago tonight we had Bishop Plato on, and we were talking about paranormal side of everything, the demons, the evil that seems to go around everything. If you talk to a lot, stay away from television for a second, the television shows where everything's a demon, all right? But when you get into the realities of people who've been doing this and investigating, researching the paranormal field, Rich, for a long, long time, they will tell you that it has been extremely rare that they have come across a true, what would be verified as a demonic case or a demonic entity. 
And even Bishop Plato stated that as well. It is a very rare occurrence, but it does happen out there. What is our fascination with trying to turn everything demonic when it comes to the paranormal? Is it just about ratings or is it about popularity, 15 minutes of fame, you name it? Or is it because we want to sound and make ourselves bigger and better and especially badder than the rest when we're taking on these evil entities that are out there? You literally said everything I was going to say it is. It is. It's all of that, Sorry. I think, if it, especially if it's on TV. No, don't be, because it made the answer very uh, easy. Um, I think it's all of that. Uh, I've been out there doing research, and I never thought of a demon, um, even though I got pulled on or, you know, been touched. I never thought demon and also wasn't on TV. So, yeah, it's about ratings. It's also about certain personalities that are on TV that a type personality with the the b lifestyle they just don't know how to go about it any other way and looking bad doing it you know like badass you know what i mean they want to be that tough guy it's a demon i don't know um, plus it's inexperience it's also lack of critical thinking uh, these people automatically go in there hearing about a, a certain place oh it's demonic has bad spirits whatever so, of course, they're going to go in there and say, ah, oh, that ball fell down the stairs. Definitely demonic. I mean, it wouldn't have bounced that hard if it wasn't a demon. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's all that. Everything you said, it's all showboating. The real people, like you said, the people who do real research, they don't, they don't say demon first. They try to figure it, like, you know, figure it out, try to communicate with it. Are there demon signs, though, I'm wondering? Other than getting scratched, everybody's getting scratched nowadays, you know. But other than that, poltergeist activity is not demonic. Capiche? All right. Got it. <laughs> I, Got it. I, I think that was a solid answer. Jim, I'm curious. Oh, you gave your it to thoughts. Me. Your thoughts. My thoughts are yes, everything's demonic because it gets people's attention. I was actually talking about this show on my show Tuesday night with uh, Chip Reichenfall about how I've always wanted to do an advertisement for my show, a promo for my show, where a listener calls in and says, I've got all these problems. And the first one is my wife is cleaning and cooking and everything's going phenomenal with her. And what's the problem? Oh, my kids are getting straight A's in school. What's the problem? Um, just got a huge promotion at work. Well, what's the problem? My wife, my everything is going too too well. You never hear those problems anywhere in a paranormal discussion. It's always the alternative, right? Nobody, you know, it's hard to find. There's people out there that do talk about angels, but they're the one two percent of us. Everybody rather talk about demons, negative stuff, because it's more relatable. Because nobody wants to push off their good things on on angels, but man. Got a flat tire today. Must be it. Must be a demon. Plain Always demons. Always demons. Always no matter demons. what. Michael, demons everywhere. Be the judge, man. Be the judge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a, I have a pet peeve about that whole uh, demon thing as well. Um, uh, you know, the, the, 
I, you know, I think, as you know, Dave, I used to be vice president of Puget Sound Christian College for many years as well. I mean, the whole idea of a faith-based researcher, you know, I'm, I've been there. Uh, I've always been interested in the paranormal, though, and UFOs. Uh, so whenever I, uh, in, the, in the old days, used to bring this up to my uh, fellow uh, Christians or faith-based, uh, you know, believers, uh, they would go di- directly to the demonic behavior of this uh, whole idea of UFOs uh, or any kind of paranormal activity, and uh, and they would just they would just drop it. They would not even want to pursue anything uh, and find out if there was any truth to their feelings that this was demonic. And it always perplexed me that uh, you know anybody of a, a faith based background was not interested in finding out the truth or falsity of that statement, if it's demonic or not. Uh, they just forget about it and just uh, leave it alone and allow it then to go ahead and do what it does, which is kind of strange. Um, you know, most people wouldn't even go to an exorcist or uh, go to even a priest uh, in that situation. They just try to ignore it and let it go away. So uh, I always had that uh you know, kind of a thing stuck in my craw that, uh, you know, you can't just say everything is paranormal or everything is demonic that's paranormal and then don't do anything about it. Uh, we need to uh, to determine what the cause of these things are. And I think what we're going to find out is that most of this stuff is uh, connected somehow uh, to uh, a reality that we are kind of um, uh, shying away from in our uh, our own lives. We, we have no idea, from what I gather, uh, of the other uh, universes that are just uh, existing at the same time all around us that we can't even perceive, and we're shutting out the possibility that uh, other things exist other than just demonic activity. B. Baker has an interesting comment in the Spreaker chat room, and he says, 500 years ago, classifying something paranormal as a demon was the height of science. Now we think we're so smart because we're calling things ghosts. What's the difference? William, I'm going to post this to you. Um, you know, people, people are always biased toward their point of view at a certain time and point in time. I mean, our knowledge grows as we evolve in time, whether that's science or any other discipline. So, um, yeah, of course, scientists and the general public make statements that we as people today in 2019, uh, statements that were made 500 years ago, we find them preposterous, outrageous. Um, but even as far back as 70 years ago, there were scientists that felt that we couldn't land on the moon. The lunar lander would sink into the dust. We know that's not true now. Uh, a few months before the Wright brothers flew, there were scientists that stated stated categorically that heavier-than-air flight could not occur. Well, they were proven wrong. So uh, conclusions we've drawn with the knowledge we have now will most likely be proven wrong in the future. I mean, Einstein was proven wrong. Isaac Newton was proven wrong. Um, We build our knowledge on the shoulders of the giants and generations that came before us. So conclusions we've made now may be proven wrong as the future goes along. So... um, and going along to what Michael said, you know, as we become more advanced as a society, 
we become less and less in tune with our surroundings. We become less and less aware of possibilities around us. We're too focused on our two-and-a-half kids, white picket fence, our technology, our phones, uh, our iPads, our, our cars, our televisions. We're less aware of our surroundings, the environment around us. You go back a 1,000 years, that wasn't the case. We were much more aware of potentialities. We were much more aware of things that were happening in the world around us that may today be viewed as paranormal, but back then were viewed as just everyday occurrences, things they were aware of. But nowadays in 2019, that's not the case. Uh, we're much more dependent on, te- on our technology and less dependent on our senses, the senses we evolved uh, over the thousands of years. So um, Michael's right. We, we may be unaware of things going on in the world around us, and we're having so much trouble finding out what's going on because of where we're at as a species. We're not, we're not in tune with those things anymore where we used to be. So it's a, it's a fascinating problem to quander. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. Some of the statements that are made now, yeah, we'll, we'll be real wrong as, as the future goes along. We'll, we'll know more about the world around us as time goes on. So, Yeah, and I'm not sure about the whole demonic thing. I really am not. I haven't encountered one. I don't know what it's like to encounter one. I don't know if I want to, you know, but I would like to, I would like to, you know, see more evidence on it. Right? I Some really people would. say I have. I think you have too. And I have the you evidence some, to back it up. You, you got some strange stuff going on in your house. Hey, Rich, do me a favor, because we only got about three minutes till we got to go to break. And earlier on your show on Goof on Radio Stream on YouTube, you actually played some recordings that we mm-hmm. should direct people to. What's going on in your place? Tell us what happened. Well, I, I, I said I wasn't going to talk about anything for ever again. And unless it was something that was important, I thought. So I think it was last night. I or yeah, I think it was last night. I was telling you about it, how I was listening to a recording of me sleeping because, you know, Dave mentioned it earlier. And I said it on my show that I I used to not believe people when they said they're seeing shadows out of the corner of their eyes, moving in the walls and the floor and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's because they got dirt in their eye. You know, I, I just would always say that forever until it happened to me about a year or two ago. So I have become one of those people that now have something going on in my place where I'm seeing these things and I'm not sleeping that well. And sometimes I'll wake up, you know, with the, a burn mark or something on my body that shouldn't be there when I went to sleep. It wasn't there. And a lot of weird things. So it went away, and it may have been all because I did a 120-something Ouija board sessions trying to contact the devil, which I recorded every one of these events, you know, five minutes to ten minutes, uh, about 124 that I've counted over again. So I didn't close any of those doors. I never said goodbye on the Ouija board, left them all open, and weird things have happened. Then it, I, I closed the doors on a show. I'll go real quick now. Um, and things seem to have calmed down. Not 100%, but lately in the last 
two to four weeks, I've been seeing the shadows again. And uh, I don't look directly at them because uh, if I do, they'll go away. So I kind of don't turn my head and look at them or move my eyes over. So I said, I'm going to start recording myself. I was doing it early in the year, never caught anything, nothing unusual. So the last uh, week or so, I've been recording every night I go to sleep. And on this particular night, I just now started listening to last week. Um, I heard the most incredible things I've ever heard. Um, sounds like a rocking chair. Um, I could hear the, the notepad on my nightstand being flicked, you know, like you flip the end of the corner of it. Um, I know the noises that those things make because I use them every day. Um, I could hear whispering. Um, it sounds like I'm talking at one point. And then at the very, very end, at the 18 minute and 38 second mark, I hear what sounds like, and you can hear it throughout the vid, the uh, audio, sounds like somebody is running full speed at me, and then it sounds like the building collapsed on me. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I listened to that back, it was so, it scared the hell out of me. So I played that tonight, and people are like, that's unbelievable. What do you think it is? I don't know, Dave, but that's what I recorded, and that's what's going on. And uh, that's the story. I'm sticking to it. Good timing, Rich, because we are going to break here at the bottom of the hour. <laughs> Paranormal Roundtable with Rich Giordano, William Pullen, Jim Mallard, and Michael W. Hall continues right after this on Spaced Out Radio. A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everett Thiele. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. At spacedoutradio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SOR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at spacedoutradio.com. Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. 
we're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. We all know on Spaced Out Radio, we love a good beard and mustache. So why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! Hey, Spaced Out Radio fans, it's John Rezig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. Our goal is to make the life of veterans, first responders, and those with rare medical conditions 10% happier. We do this by donating one grant item, ranging from dance to therapy programs to prosthetic limbs, to those who need it most. To contribute to Spaced Out Radio's official charity, head over to chivecharities.org and become a donor today. You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today. Hey everybody, the SOR Space Travelers is open. For just 5 bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great forum for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com. Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. 
Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Rounded third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. Great to have you with us. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others, you can always check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, is the place to go. If you want to read up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire, it's updated daily. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little shopping at the SOR Vault. Join the Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month or pick up a great book at We Read the Night. For the final time tonight, I introduce our panel for the SOR Roundtable, which we do the final Friday of every month. We have Rich Giordano from Goofon Radio and Spaced Out Saturday. You'll be on the air tomorrow night, Rich. At least I hope you will be, because I'll be at a Christmas party. Jim Mallard from the Mallard Report and Spaced Out Radio's web guru. We got William Pullen, the UFO historian, and the paranormal lawyer, Michael W. Hall. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Glad to be back. Thank you. We're back. Now, Rich, right before the break, we were talking about these strange recordings that you recorded in your house within the last 48 hours, and it's kind of tripped you out. Can you give us a few examples of what you heard since you people haven't heard? You to play it? No, you don't have to play it. Cause... Oh, I can't. I wouldn't be able to. But I can tell you, well, that's what I was saying. It sounds like, um, well, you can hear me, you know, trying to talk at one point, and it sounds like there's a, you hear a woman's voice. Saying, you know, you don't understand. I couldn't understand what she was saying. Um, you know, my breathing gets erratic. We were talking about sleep apnea at the break, uh, you know, while we were on break. And uh, some people mentioned it in the chat room while I was playing the clips. And I've always wondered if I did have that. Um, so you can hear. But my breathing does pick up when you're about to hear certain things. It's as if. I'm being disturbed while I'm sleeping. My breathing starts to get a little more rapid. Then all of a sudden, you know, you hear something. And then, like I was saying before we went to break, it sounded like the place was falling down on top of me. It sounded like the building was literally collapsing. You you got to hear it. It's amazing. Um, it just sounds like boom, 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 boom. I mean, it's so crazy loud. And I know when I was texting you about it on messenger and i was like i can't believe this is amazing it's, it's frightening to hear that uh, on on a recording and i have neighbors above me so here i am thinking well it definitely doesn't sound like them especially at twelve thirty at night because um, they're they're walking and stuff sounds nothing like this absolutely not even close uh, if I heard that noise, I would be calling the cops on them. It was that. I mean, it's it's absurdly loud. So, I don't know. 
I, I don't know what to say. I've never taped anything like it in all my years. I mean, it's that unique. Uh, so I don't know what to say, man. I'm just going to try it again. I didn't hear anything the night after because I listened to that night. Nothing. Nothing. And you also hear a humming noise during the 18 minutes and change. You hear like a like like, an, like a washing machine noise or you know maybe an air conditioner which wouldn't be on now. It's just odd. Yeah, I don't. I never recorded that humming noise ever. So I don't know Sounds what if like that you means. Got aliens. Anything. I could like have aliens. aliens. <laughs> well, I'm not joking. Maybe people have asked me, "Have you ever been abducted?" I, said, I don't know, but I've had dreams about it. Oh, you may have aliens, man. I hope so. Here's I a, deserve them. Yeah, because it's good research. Here's an easy thing you can do. And I've always thought of this uh, as well. Is you take a little uh, baby powder, sprinkle it uh, next to your bed, uh, see if there's any footprints in the morning. Uh, I wondered if I even slept walk because I've woken up with bruises yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, the things that I have pictures of, I've never shown anyone. It's, it looks like I've been abducted. It really does. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this, but it does look like. Yeah. Something was put on my head. It was across my nose. Uh, my, my skin peeled for two weeks from whatever was on me. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, we, we need to get you a sleep study and a CPAP machine because I tell you what, that machine will tell you a lot of what, what's going on at night with you uh, in the scientific printouts that it can do. That would be fascinating to find out. Yeah, it would because I don't sleep but a couple hours at night and then when i get home from work i'll pass out for an hour so i'm you know three to four hours max a day and wow. you know you're supposed to get triple that almost you know so yep. yeah i'm not when i do sleep i feel much better but i haven't been it's just awful jim hearing uh, all of that what are your thoughts My thoughts are I can't find my cursor on my screen right now. Um, no, I, th I I think there's something going on there. Now, is it aliens or ghosts or I don't? I see that's where I get lost because I, I just jokingly sent you that sounds like a good idea for a, a t-shirt that you've got aliens. Um, <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, aliens with gout. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of in the vein of you've got mail, but. Um, I don't know. Is is it aliens? Is it ghosts? I, I'm, that's where I'm at right now, and I'm sitting here talking about it out loud, and I have no clue, but I'm fascinated by it. Well, if, you, if he's hearing EVP voices, that that tilts my scale to ghosts, right? Yeah. Because that's. But if he if he's talking about all these other things that are going on, that tilts my scale towards aliens, and I'm sitting here going, I don't have a clue. Now, Rich, did you hmm. not hear your late dog Angus bark? Yes. I did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, you could hear him bark like he's on the bed with me. You know, he passed away on Father's Day this year. So I heard him bark. That's right. Thank you for reminding me about that. Yeah, you can definitely hear it. It's definitely a dog barking. There's no two ways about it. And it sounds like my Angus because he had a weak voice because he was old. It sounded like a man. That's bizarre. Yeah. Trippy. That's right. And it sounds like also... Because I've been, I, I could be in my bedroom 
and looking out through the hallway into the kitchen where I have a nightlight on, I could see once in a while a shadow move in front of that light and block out the light into the room. Not all the way, but enough that I see something. And then I then I'm like, okay, I just had something in my eye because that's the only way, you know. I would, I think, I'm, I don't, ugh, I'm in such denial half the time. That's why I started recording this stuff, because I really wanted to get to the bottom of it finally. I've been putting it off for way too long. Um, but I think the where I live is very strange, the building, because so many people have died in two and a half to almost three years now in my building compared to the other five buildings. It's triple. So nine people have died in my building when the rest of the place only has five. It's really a bit, yeah, like seniors home. Yeah, I know. I know. I got to get into like an, an older, older community now, 75 and older. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. But it's, it is strange to wake up, you know, twice in 10 days and see the coroner, you know, wheeling out a body, you know, it's like, Oh my God, who was that? Well, the guy next to me, he, he OD'd uh, last, about a year ago. Uh, so his bedroom is kind of like attached to mine. You know, it's like, you know, if they were, you know, next to each other. So I heard him arguing with a, a, a girl two nights before, and then the next night he died. And then an old lady died two doors down, and then another young guy died two doors down from her. All on same level I'm on. And... I've talked to my neighbor who had to move out. She was hearing, not she didn't have to, she just moved out, but she was freaking out because she would hear stuff happening in my place when I wasn't even home. Nice. So that's bizarre. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's good research. Mm-hmm. I should get a team out here. It's such a small place. Like you can't, you can't miss anything. Hmm. Road trip, road trip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I mean, I don't have all the equipment, but I'd like to get one of those uh, those things that can project the stick figure. What are those called? You know, I want to see if, uh, uh, yeah, you know, the ghost hunters have that. Yeah, Mike Morin from Haunted Crew of Canada actually has one of those. They built it out of, a, I think, a Microsoft tablet. It seems to be legit because people would say, I feel something on my shoulder, and they didn't tell them there was a little stick figure standing on their shoulder. It's very bizarre. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if it actually works. I guess it does. Well, what's, Anybody, your thoughts of what, uh, what's your thoughts of what little Richie G is going through? I don't think it's UFO related. I, I don't know. I don't recall. I'm, I'm, I'm processing in my head. I, I don't recall any abduction uh, cases where an individual has mentioned noises during an abduction event, at least one that happened indoors. Um, so I, I'm with Jim. I think it's, it's, it's in maybe more ghost apparition related than UFO related. Um, but I'm cautious. So I bet, I don't know, but it seems to be that it seems to be that direction. So, um, I'd love to see the the uh, photographs that you have taken of yourself. That that would go would go a long way to see to see if they um, correlate or are similar with other abduction related uh, photographs of physical anomalies on the skin. Uh, that would be very interesting. It looks you know? like on one one well, what happened one night? I woke up 
and you know I, I was wearing a t-shirt to bed and I, I my shoulder kept bothering me it was like the 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 fabric was annoying my skin so I took off my shirt and there it was like a three inch burn mark on my shoulder like how did that happen overnight and it wouldn't go away so I had to go to the doctors and and uh, it was second degree burns from what I'm sleeping you got aliens no, man, I'm telling you, it looks like there was an instrument put into my shoulder. It's unbelievable. I got a scar from it. I'm telling you, you got aliens. You need to believe I, it. Matt, you know, you know what you need to do on this is take a uh, just a, a, a Boy Scout compass, uh, just a very inexpensive compass, kind of run, run it over your uh, portions of your body there. See if you get any electromagnetic effects. That's a great uh, idea. That would... That would suggest potentially an implant, uh, although implants are necessarily metallic. But uh, uh, if, for instance, there's some kind of a, uh, activity that's going on, matter of fact, you could even uh, I, there's an app on your phone that will uh, it's a you know your phone is a magnometer in itself. Mm-hmm. There are apps that you can use uh, that will uh, give you a tone when the magnetic uh, atmosphere around you changes as well. That might be something to check out. Um, and it'll record it during the nighttime, even when you're asleep. So you can kind of correlate whether there was some strange activity as far as uh, any scientific evidence of, you know, a magnetic disturbance in your room as well. So something atmospheric that I could, you know, get a reading on? Yeah, it would be uh, not atmospheric, but uh, magnetic, you know. Magnetically, I mean, yeah. Because it'll... Uh, this app or your phone with the app will be able to uh, register the normal magnetic uh, uh, strength in the area. And uh, if, it, if it varies at all during the evening, it will show you that in, a, in uh, it'll take a print out of that and keep it, keep it in the, the phone. That's, it might be something to correlate with weird activity, like something happening with marks in your body too. You never know. Well, this started back in 2004, and then my wife and I bought a house 45 miles away from where activity was, and it seemed to have gotten worse when we moved, because we moved to uh, where there were no other houses around, and I had an experience where I woke up and heard, I'll be in your head before you wake up. Somebody whispered it into my head. If I did the voice, it it would sound exactly like me telling me, I'll be in your head before you wake up. Brother, <laughs> that's what it sounded like. Well, not really all Hulk, but I mean, it was close. And it's like I was altering my voice so I wouldn't recognize myself. Uh, it's very bizarre. It makes me think that, you know, maybe these bodies we have aren't really for us. Maybe they were made, and, you know, what we call a spirit is the energy that lives inside of us so we can live this human experience. And then when the body dies, we go back home. And I'm just coming in to check up on my my doppelganger. I don't know. I'll be in your head before you wake up. Don't worry about it. Go back to sleep. Okay, bye-bye now. Oh. That would that freaked me out. It still does. That's a fascinating perspective. I, I like the way you're you're analyzing that. I had a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, you really try to figure it out. And then I went outside, walked my dog 30 minutes later, and there was two grass, like crop circles out in the grass across the street. Oh, which I wow. have 
which I took oh, yeah, photos you of. Got still have you got aliens. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's pretty wild stuff that happened. But I, I, I don't have that kind of stuff happen. I think because now I'm in an apartment, I don't know if it's more like maybe they turn themselves into shadows or whatever. I don't know, man. I mean, could ghosts and aliens be the same thing or could they imitate the other to make us think that way? Of course, they can do whatever they want. If they can abduct us through walls. Good point. That's my... uh, You you need to set up a trail cam in your house. (laughs) Yeah, heck yeah. Motion to... serious. No, no, I know. That's a good idea. You need a trail cam? You need some alien spray? You know? I mean, people are like, well, why don't you just keep recording it? You know, it's like, you know what? After a while, you just get sick of doing it. You know, because 99% of the time, you're not catching anything anyway. I know, but then you miss that 1% because you didn't want to do it. Well, you do it. Tell me how long you do this for. It does get old. I mean, it's like you're like, all right, enough already of research. I'm done. People are like, well, don't you want to know the truth? Yeah, well, I got the personal experiences like we talked about earlier. Ah, That's my evidence. Yeah, exactly. We all got to trust your word on that. We all got to trust your word on that. But I want to. But I've I've become thick-skinned enough to understand that now, that I don't care what you think or anybody thinks. You know, it's just over time you just get sick of hearing it and nothing ever changes, so just live your life. Do whatever you want. I think my my vote is for Rich has aliens. Will, what's your vote? My vote is to see the photographs. Okay. He'll say aliens then. <laughs> I think it is. You have Jim? no idea what I would say, so I would no, I know yet. that. I know, but everybody who's seen him, the three people who've seen him, they all said it looks like aliens. I think you got aliens. Jim, what do you th- what do you think? I'm going ghost to be just contrarian, as 51% of my head says go ghost. I like your thinking. Michael? Yeah, I'm going with the alien uh, theory here. Uh, Of course, you know, the whole idea of the alien theory, they can can make you think whatever they want to as a screen memory. So who knows what they're doing inside your head? Well, obviously they're in William's head. They're making him abstain. So it's 2-1. Rich, oh, I didn't abstain. You kind of did. I voiced my vote. I knew it would never abstain. You went Ross Perot on us, man. <laughs> no. I said I want to see the photographs. I'm a researcher. I want to see evidence. We just discussed evidence. We have quality testimony. Now we have physicality. Photographs. It pays to see both. We just discussed that about an hour ago. But deep inside, deep, deep inside your root chakra. Come on, dig into the chakras, William. I have no idea what he's going through. No idea. So I'm looking for data. You know how I work, Dave. I understand that, but I think you need to stroke the goatee a little bit more and think about this. He's got you know, a full beard now, Dave. The full beard. All right, it's stroke weird. the beard then. I I hear him say, I don't know what he's going through. And in my mind, I don't feel like I'm going through anything. It's just, you know, I guess because it's normal. I don't know. I just, 
deal with it. I don't know. I, I just don't think I'm going through anything. But maybe I am. I mean, that's All why right. I recorded it, obviously. But I don't know. It, it, when it happens to you, it's different than hearing it. It really is. It's, it's like, got to see the evidence. So, And I, I don't know how many UFO witnesses I've talked with that tell me a story uh, that seems plausible to them, or they just go through a scenario. And when I uh, stop a moment and make them tell me again what they just told me, then they start realizing this is a little strange, you know? <laughs> you kind of get, get used to the strangeness without being able to get an uh, objective opinion from, you know, a third party. So the stuff that you're telling us tonight... Um, shows me that there's some stuff going on here that's uh, well beyond the norm of uh, anybody's normal situation, you know, when they sleep at night. So fascinating story that you're uh, relating to us that probably needs a little bit more uh, details. And, and obviously a review of photographs would be the first thing that I'd want to see as well. That'd be really good. Can All right, sleep? Oh, can I ask him one question? Oh, you got like four seconds. Can sleep apnea cause bruising to your esophagus from top to bottom? Uh, no. No. That's not it. Because you got aliens, Rich. You got aliens. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight. William Pullen, UFO historian. Your hair is beautiful. Michael W. Hall, the paranormal lawyer with the fantastic hat. Jim Mallard from the Mallard Report, who quacks like anything. And little Richie G found out tonight he got aliens. We'll do the SOR Roundtable December 27th once again. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in the mouth of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Stay tuned for little Richie G this weekend, because together, my friends... We own the night. I'm off for the weekend. We got Rich Giordano on Spaced Out Saturdays, Everett Themer on Sundays. I'm back on Monday with RJ Von Bruning talking Dream Vision. You have a great weekend. You all stay nice and warm. Think of us cold Canadians up here. Have a great night, everybody. Have a great weekend. Tune in this weekend. Rich on Saturday, Everett Sunday. And visit our website, spacedoutradio.com, to pick up some swag today. Good night. Honda for all your automotive needs. Shop and save on over 1,300 of your favorite new Hondas during the Happy Honda Days sales event. Like a new 2019 Honda Accord LX front-wheel drive sedan. Lease for $249 a month. 36 months, 12,000 miles per year, and zero security deposit. Visit us at 11151 US 49 in Gulfport. Online at PatPackHonda.com. Stock number KA161533. Automatic 2099. Do it signing plus tax tag and title fee to qualified buyer's CPU for details. Ends 1220. So you're finally ready to get a new tractor, but you're not sure where to start. You want the best equipment, affordably priced, 
easy to use, and of course, you'd love a great warranty for peace of mind. To get it all, think SunSouth, where you'll find quality John Deere equipment, affordably priced and ready to tackle the tough jobs faster and more efficiently. With AutoConnect capabilities, six-year powertrain warranty, easy-to-use implements, comfort seating, and more, John Deere equipment is the perfect choice. And right now at SunSouth, the John Deere 3025 e-tractor starts at only $139 a month. Plus, get 0% financing available on select models. So think SunSouth and John Deere. Quality equipment, affordably priced, and ready to tackle your outdoor projects. From the yard to the fields and everything in between, think SunSouth. Visit your neighbors at SunSouth or shop online at sunsouth.com and see how affordable owning a new John Deere tractor can be. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Offer ends November 30th, 2019.